Welcome back to Morning Sense. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. And you are here with me, Justin O, former hedge fund analyst. Uh, Add me on LinkedIn if you want. Um, I think a lot of you are already friends with me on LinkedIn. Um, Or add me on Twitter. And also, Grace does not have a Twitter, so I can't really shout out her Twitter. Um, But the market is looking much better today with the NASDAQ opening up about 2% for the day and the S&P 500 up 1.5% for the day. Uh, the Nikkei 225 up 0.42% overnight. The UK FTSE 100 up almost a percent towards the later uh, trading session. Crude oil futures are about flat for the day, but still very, very high, $114 per barrel. Gold futures are up to 18.26 per ounce. And on the bonds, bond yields, the 10-year note is up. Actually, you see a spike here um, just recently where the 10-year note yield is 2.966%. So flirting with 3%. Again, the two-year note is at 2.67% and the three-month T-bill is at 1%. Still not inverted, but the front end of the yield curve seemingly coming up. Thank you for joining us for Morning Sense. Don't forget to hit that like button. We give away money every single time so that you can buy the dip, albeit with just small prizes. Um, Don't forget that we always run a meeting pulse um, link in the description and you can use your phone on the QR code. Um, Don't forget to open up a new tab so you don't exit out of this video. And you, um, not only that, uh, we you you enter the raffles through the link, but you can also upvote and downvote Q&A where after the 20 minutes of news that we run you through for the day, we just hang out with Q&A and raffles. Um, also find us anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, so going to the first story, let's run you through the news, everything you need to know for the day. So US shoppers increased retail spending in April for the fourth straight month, taking on higher prices with inflation close to its highest levels in four decades. Retail sales, which came out this morning, It's a measure of spending at stores, online, and in restaurants, rose a seasonally adjusted 0.9% in April from the prior month. Um, But these numbers are not adjusted for inflation, which means that while consumers have continued to spend, they've probably, we've seen price inflation uh, netted by basket size decreases. So people are buying less at higher prices. Um, that being said, nominal retail sales are still holding up. I think that's why the market is is up a bit today. Um, if you can see the, how deep a recessionary period would be uh, back in, I mean, this was kind of COVID pandemic times. Um, in March and April, they were down 10 to 15%. So here's the chart if you are watching on YouTube. Maybe we can find a U.S. retail sales chart to 2001, which is probably more um, trading economics, probably more uh, of a uh, applicable find the right word, um, recession versus the COVID one where we had to lock down. So back in the 08 crisis, uh, you saw a a period of time where retail sales were down as steep as like 5%, 4%, 3% over months. And back in the 2000s, it was kind of a doldrums, quite honestly, through the early 2000s. So 
that's something that we can go on and yeah, back in. Yeah. I would say L eight is what we were trying to avoid a steeper recession. Awesome. So moving on to the next story, U S EU boost trade ties to remedy supply shortages and counter Russia and China senior U S and European union officials agreed to expand cooperation on supply chains for critical technologies, including semiconductors and materials used in their production. They said at a high level gathering about uh, shared concerns surrounding high tech international commerce. We are in a bit of a technological cold war East versus West. Um, where a lot of the uh, uh, manufacturing, especially of high-tech stuff, is trying to get onshored. We're seeing Intel, AMD, uh, we are seeing TSMC all build new foundries here onshore here in the United States, specifically a lot in Arizona. Um, So that's still in politicians' sights. Um, So that's just another headline topic. Going through the next topic, A16Z, which is Andreessen Horowitz. Um, This is like, it's a venture capital fund, one of the best out there, addresses the downturn in inaugural state of crypto report. Um, Noted venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz, also called A16Z, has released an inaugural state of crypto report that includes cyclical information relevant to the current downturn. Uh, other key takeaways were related to Web3 benefits and Ethereum's continued blockchain dominance. I've been following A16's, uh, A16Z's um, podcasts lightly over the last two years, and they've gotten much mo- more and more bullish on Web3 and crypto, and, and they've done a lot of educational stuff there. So last summer, A16Z raised $2.2 billion for its third dedicated crypto fund, which is a record-setting vehicle uh, until Paradigm launched a $2.5 billion fund. Uh, but the easy money's kind of going away with crypto really crashing. Um, that reminds me, let's go check in on CoinMarketCap to see how the state of crypto is. A bit of a rebound. Bitcoin is actually above 30000 right now. It's at 30500 per Bitcoin. ETH is at 2100 per ETH. BNB at 309, XRP at 43 cents, Cardano at 59 cents, and Solana at 57, 58 dollars. Dogecoin at 9 cents, Polkadot at 11 cents, and um, we already nailed the the last nail in the coffin for Terra Luna yesterday, so we won't be covering that. It's completely out. Alrighty, so going into some of these state of crypto report, um, go to 816zcrypto.com slash, and then you can kind of go to their state of crypto report. Um, there's five takeaways, and I'll walk you through them. We're in the middle of the fourth price innovation cycle. Markets are seasonal. Crypto is no exception. Summers give way to the chill of winter, and winter thaws into in the heat of summer. Advances made by builders during dark days eventually re-trigger optimism when the dust settles. With the recent market downturn, we may be entering such period now. That's what I've said even this week and last week. We're about to enter a crypto winter along with what preceded was a growth stock winter and, and uh, risk asset winter. Uh, The result is consistent long-term growth driven by a feedback loop between interest and innovation. Global crypto market cap has increased over time. Developer activity increased over time. Startup activity increased over time. Social media activity increased over time. I've been in crypto myself a lot and um, those calling for the death of crypto, um, I would think will be proven wrong yet again, multiple times. 
Number two, Web3 is much, much better for creators than Web2. The take rates of Web2 giants are extortionate, uh, meaning Patreon, YouTube, etc. Web3 platforms offer fair economic terms. See slide 39 of the deck. Compare Meta's nearly 100% take rates across Facebook and Instagram to the NFT marketplace. OpenSea's 2.5%. Uh, number three takeaway is crypto is having a real world impact. Consider the financial system. The status quo has failed many people. More than 1.7 billion don't have bank accounts. There's this whole thing about the underbanked, especially in the third world. DeFi would represent the 31 largest U.S. bank by total assets under management. Um, crypto is addressing these broken marketplaces. Number four takeaway is Ethereum is a clear leader but faces competition. Ethereum dominates Web3 conversation, but there are plenty of the other blockchains too. Uh, developers on blockchains like Solana, Polygon, BNB Chain, Avalanche, and Phantom are angling for similar success. Ethereum's lead has much to do with its early start um, and uh, the health of its community. As far as developer interest, Ethereum has far and away the most builders, nearly 4,000 monthly active developers. Following that is Solana with nearly 1,000 and Bitcoin with about 500. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because Ethereum has historically prized decentralization over scaling. Other blockchains have been able to swoop in and attract users with promises of better performance and lower fees. And then number five, yes, it's still early. While it's hard to know the exact number of Web3 users, we can reason about the scale of the movement. We estimate there are somewhere between 7 million and 50 million active Ethereum users today based on various on-chain metrics, analogizing into the early commercial internet that puts us somewhere circa 1995 in terms of development. The internet reached 1 billion users by 2005. Incidentally, right around the time web two started taking shape amid the founding of future dot giants such as facebook and youtube but just remember that in 2000 everybody would invest in how many dot coms number of dot com companies 2000 there were 700 publicly traded dot com companies in the bubble and almost all of them went bankrupt and you would have lost all your money same thing when you bet on this this is all publicly tradable venture capital and there's so many of these things thousands and thousands and just know most of them will go belly up but if you could f actually coagulate or your your bet on the winners we are still early you've got an underpenetrated potential web 3.0 out there but it will take multiple cycles to get there i am less confident about web three in terms of where i'm placing large amounts of money you know much more in bitcoin which i think will go up with the overall state of the market but ethereum some mix of ethereum solana avalanche some of these other ones might be um good and i know that uh there is a web three et uh, like it's not an etf or a trust people are trying to bring its own web three um one and then also you can I think it might be closed, but there's a grayscale large cap fund that rebalances and you may want to uh, invest in the digital large cap fund, um, but private placements are closed. But anyway, they own, let's see, a lot of uh, kind of most of the uh, large cap cryptos.
All right, but you guys can all find the A16Z full presentation online. All right, a little, uh, we could have probably predicted this, but Coinbase has announced that they are paring back hiring plans amid weak earnings, poor market condition. They had atrocious earnings. Uh, they're gonna slow down hiring and reassess headcount. They need to uh, rationalize their, their cost structure. Uh, we're slowly hiring so we can reprioritize our hiring needs against our highest priority business goals, um, said Emily Choi, their COO. So it's a departure from their plan to triple its headcount earlier this year. So things are a little worse over in crypto Coinbase land. I think Coinbase will continue to survive this and they've gone through mul multiple cycles. But um, yeah, there are concerns with Coinbase. So we'll talk a little, we've talked about that for RY Club members on our exclusive streams. We have one today at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So if you're a Roke member here in the chat, thanks for being here, Morning Sense, and definitely check us out at 11.30 or the replays. Um, cool. All right. Let's move on to business news, but before we do that, let's check back in on the markets. So we are looking here, the market's getting a little bit better. The NASDAQ now up 2.3%, the S&P up 1.5% today. If we look at Finviz, which is 15 minutes delayed, still not updated, um, we'll check back in before we leave today. Thank you for the almost 170 of you here live here in the chat. Don't forget to like the video if we hit 100 likes. Um, we give away some some raffles. And it also helps us get to the homepage of folks that have been subscribing um, and might want to join us live. Cool. All right, so let's, let's read through the business news of the day. Elon Musk demands clarity on Twitter fake accounts for deal to move forward. Elon Musk said his $44 billion purchase of Twitter can't move forward until the company is clear about how many of its accounts are fake, casting fresh doubt on his planned takeover of the social media company. Uh, Mr. Musk's latest comments add to questions about whether he is committed to concluding a deal that was struck amid a steep sell-off in technology stocks. Last week, he said the deal was on hold over concerns about fake accounts on the platform. Um, a problem that's long kind of dogged so many social media companies. Um, and in a tweet early yesterday, or today actually, Mr. Musk said that Twitter's CEO had refused to show proof that less than 5% of Twitter's accounts were fake. Um, the deal cannot move forward until he does, he said. Um, for reference, in their filings, they said they estimate 5% are fake or spam accounts. Um, Musk added that 20% fake slash spam accounts, which is four times what Twitter claims could be much higher. Um, so I think that this is a little bit of uh, a game with with him. Uh, of course, there are fake accounts. I think he's maybe regretting the deal, especially since the market has come down and he's locked in at that $44 billion price. Um, and there is a breakage fee and he'll get sued. We talked a lot about this in, in Money Talks today, which drops here in 15 minutes. So check that out. Next story. Microsoft boosts pay in fight for talent. Microsoft's CEO is promising to boost employee compensation amid low, continued low unemployment across the US and high inflation. Satya Nadella, one of my favorites, if not my favorite uh, CEO, told Microsoft employees Monday that the software giant plans to nearly double its global budget for merit-based salary raises. 
Um, Nadella said that the company would increase annual stock compensation by at least 25% as well. Um, this is in the face of inflation, really tight wage growth, and Microsoft and Google are basically the only uh, giants that, also with Amazon that are raising pay and trying to hire, whereas Facebook is pausing and some of these other companies are pausing. So you're gonna see a bifurcation of the haves and have nots through tough times. Next story, uh, Walmart reports big earnings miss as higher costs supply chain eat into profits. Walmart missed earnings expectations for the first fiscal quarter as the retail felt cost pressure from fuel prices, higher inventory levels, and overstaffing. The nation's, the nation's largest retailer on Tuesday raised its sales outlook for the year, but lowered its profit expectations. CEO Doug McMillan said the discounter's bottom line results were unexpected and reflect the unusual environment as inflation in the U.S. is at a nearly four-decade high. Um, Let's see if we can get the numbers here. Uh, looking at the numbers, EPS was $1.30 adjusted versus an expected $1.48 adjusted. Revenue was $141.5 billion versus $139 billion expected. So this is kind of a cost issue for them. Um, they actually had more revenue, but the costs were tough. Same store sales grew 3%. Um, but a lot of that might be inflation as well. So because they're at that lowest tier of pricing, um, that really matters, especially how much they pay their workers. Home Depot, on the other hand, reported and smashed earnings, raising their full year outlook after an earnings beat and record first quarter sales. Um, they reported strong quarterly earnings, now expecting sales growth of about 3% and EPS growth of mid single digits. Home Depot on Tuesday raised its full year outlook after the after reporting strong quarterly earnings fueled by the company's strongest first quarter sales on record. Shares of the company rose 4% in pre-market trading. Um, EPS, they reported $4.09 versus a $3.68 expected. Also beat on top line $38.91 versus $36.70 billion, sorry, $38. $0.9 billion of revenue versus $36.7 billion of revenue. Um, so this shows that retail spending is still strong in the home improvement industry, sort of half foot in the retail space and half foot in the real estate home improvement renovation space. Um, so it's hard to take full look throughs with their earnings with Walmart, but um, or even to housing itself. It's kind of a hybrid in between. Um, also a very, very well run company. Carter just walked in saying hi to Carter. What's up, Carter? Good morning. Um, everyone say hi to Carter. Thanks so much for everyone here in the chat, the 200 people watching now. Don't forget to like, the, like the video. We still only have, um, less than 70 likes. Not a lot of people liking the video, but I still love you. Even if you don't like the video, but liking the video, let's give away some more money. Shopee owner C Limited tops revenue estimates on e-commerce strength. Um, Singapore-based C Limited, a very popular retail-owned stock, individual, individual investor-owned stock, beat quarterly revenue estimates on Tuesday, driven by improvements in its core e-commerce business in Southeast Asia and LATAM, Latin America, sending shares up over 5% pre-market. Let's... Um, Look at their stock right now. C stock, SEA, up 13% 
and up 25% over the past five days, but still a growth stock loser down almost 78% peak to trough. So when people were saying, telling me C limited, I stayed away on valuation. Um, a lot of them, I think, uh, were overvalued then coming back to be a little bit more fairly valued. Let's look at C. Wait, is that the right stock? Yeah. C limited C limited S E I'm sorry. S E ticker S E not S E A ticker S E. Um, that's goes to show you. I never owned the stock $38 billion valuation at 70 at 80 bucks a share trading still at two to three times sales and they are unprofitable. So there is no profit metric, um, five to seven times forward gross profit, uh, checking in on home Depot, home Depot up 2.3% on the news, uh, has, has outperformed year to date. Well, actually not outperformed down 26%. So home Depot still underperforming the S and P year to date. Let's see. 500 year to date. Yeah. Whereas the S and P down is down 15.4% year to date, but the NASDAQ down, um, 25% year to date. Also checking on how Walmart is doing Walmart. Wow. Taking a big hit for one of the biggest companies in the world, uh, down 9% on their miss and year to date. They've actually outperformed though. Still, they are down 6.69% year to date. So outperformed the S and P still. Um, all right. Last company news we have for the day is JD.com revenue jumps defying China's lockdown hit to spending. Maybe this is an e-commerce place as people are back to lockdown. They logged a better than expected 18% revenue growth after China's second largest e-commerce operator grew market share to cushion the blow from COVID lockdowns across the country's biggest cities. If you remember, Alibaba is not doing so hot. Sales climbed for JD.com to almost 240 billion yuan or 35 0.6 billion dollars US dollars in the Q, in Q1 beating the 237 billion estimated yuan average analyst forecast um, so JD stock surge ing surging almost 6% today but year to day down 20% and peak to trough down almost 50% for a mega cap pretty tough as uh as Chinese stocks have gotten hit Alibaba up 7.7% with that news and peak to trough Alibaba down 69%. So I still stay away from Chinese stocks, but I know a lot of people still own and they've always asked me, they've asked me, um, should they sell? Should they hold? I can't really say that they're cheap, but they're cheap for a reason. I just, I've gotten burned in China. Probably never making that mistake again. All right, so events to look out for is the NH NAHB uh, housing market index is out at 10 a.m. Jerome Powell speaks at the Wall Street Journal Future of Everything Festival at 2 p.m. Uh, earnings today is Doximity, D-Local, the Container Store, and tomorrow morning we get Zim, Target, Lowe's, TJ TJX, Dynatrace, Colgate, Palmolive, all tomorrow morning before the bell. Thank you to the 215 people here in the chat. Love you all. Um, and we have over 100 likes, so we can give away some money. So pop over to the meeting pulse. 
using your phone using the QR code here on the video or the link is always in the description. And uh, oh yeah, if you're a Rogue member, we're gonna be going live exclusive stream at 1130. Uh, I have some charts I wanna show you of the overall market PEs. We'll talk a little bit about that along with some other stuff. Um, Grace, do you have the agenda from Ken, uh, Ken about what we're doing today? No? All right, so uh, agenda TBD, I gotta refresh with Ken. Um, all righty. So let's go over the meeting pulse. I'm going to pick a winner. If we can get 150 likes, I'll give away another winner. All right. So new $25 prizes here. Should be able to buy at least a few Palantir stocks. Maybe let's check on some stocks together. PayPal. Or let me pick the winner first. New raffle. All right. If you're the winner, you should have a pop-up in your meeting pulse and uh, put in your information and you should uh, should be able to win. Anyway, PayPal is up 2.6% today. Square is up 3.9% today. Tesla is up 3.5%, trading at $750 a share. Interesting, starting to get interesting. Amazon uh, up 1.5% today. Let's go to Finviz finally. It's pretty much green across the board. The only things down are consumer defensive. Maybe consumer defensive ain't so defensive if they don't have too much pricing power. Costco's down because of the target and targets down and Dollar General's down probably because of the Walmart print. Procter and Gamble, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, they're all down and packaging, packaged foods, con consumer defensive, uh, tobacco are all down, but everything else is up. It's risk versus not risk. All righty. Uh, Irvin, Irvin S is the winner. Thank you for putting in your information so quickly. Uh, if 30 more likes, we'll give away another one, but let's, let's go to the Q and a here. The most upvoted question with nine upvotes. Uh, any thoughts on how much longer this green streak is going to last? You think we have another leg down before a, the start of a bull run? The relic portfolio or the, my portfolio, the, the, the big board portfolio, which is my more active portfolio is, almost 40% in cash. So I'm positioned still defensively. I think maybe for those of you that have started investing in the stock market since COVID, we, you're, you may be con conditioned to the market bottoming and rebounding very quickly. My opinion is this is going to, this is a bear market and it's going to approximate much more like the 08 crisis. Um, but instead of TARP and QE and all this stuff and, and the breakdown and the meltdown of the financial system, um, I think it's, it's probably less deep and more shallow and just takes some time for people to realize that inflation is fixed. So on the easy end, it could be like the, uh, this is the S&P chart, like the two, late 2018 crash or correction where it was down peak to trough 17.5% over about a quarter. And then over the following quarter got back to break even and then resumed a bull run for two years. But 
That's like that's like best case scenario. So peak to trough, S and P is down fifteen percent over about a quarter and a half. So we're already more elongated than the two thousand eighteen. So do we bottom here and do we like turn around? I don't think we can because inflation is still in our face. Russia is still invaded. China is still on lockdown and we're having another wave of COVID cases. I think let's look up U.S. COVID cases. A lot of folks that we know are um, getting COVID again. And we have, I mean, is this going to be another spike? Things are on the uptick, um, but we are headed into summer. Let's, uh, I also wanted to go back a little bit further back to 08 aware peak to trough we were down 50 percent on the s p 500 i don't think it'll get that deep but uh that happened over about a year and a half and then it took about three years to get back to break even to recover from the total meltdown of of the financial system same thing with the tech bubble. Now, I don't see things happening. The tech bubble took six years to get back to break even. And the 08 crisis took five years, six years to get back to break even. I think it'll take a couple of years. Somewhere in between 18 and, uh, sorry, 2018 and 2000 and 08. So I think it's going to like my over under is going to take a couple of years, but please do stay engaged. We are going to be building this company and delivering high quality hedge fund level research for individual investors. Um, it takes time to build, but we'll be building through this period of time and through that period of time, quite honestly, that will be the time to buy DCA through those couple of years. So I don't think I wouldn't jump the gun yet. I would be staying alive, making sure I'm earning as much money as I can in the real world, meaning in your like day job and um, prepping to buy um, on more capitulation. I don't think I haven't seen anything like capitulation yet. When when you look at the chart like this, it looks really bad. But when you look at the chart like this, it's been worse. Great. Awesome. Thank you for the 130 likes. 20 more likes. We'll give away one more. Um, or we're at 10. I guess we can wrap it up. Uh, 222 people here in the chat. Love you all. Let's see. Next question while we wait for a couple more likes. Thoughts on uh, Michael Burry shorting Apple. So we actually dedicated a whole section on this in Money Talks, which just dropped a minute ago. So uh, let's keep it a little nice and snappy. We didn't get to 150 likes. So, uh, but congratulations to... Irvin for winning the raffle today, $25. And uh, I will see you in the next one tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Have a great day. Hopefully the markets just get a little bit better and you're able to trim some of the positions if you want to trim or feel a little bit better about the number staring at you in your portfolio. Um, and until tomorrow, happy investing. Go check out Money Talks and I'll see you tomorrow.